Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? Since I rap in the basement But my come up is legend, is greatness I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, me, you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the hate is a heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Maxie was on pace for 50. He was on pace for 48, but, you know, he was playing an incredible game in the first half, and it sucks that he stepped on Javon Javon Carter, Javon Carter's foot. Um, You know, obviously a dirty play by Javon Carter sliding his foot in there and and making Maxie step on his foot. I'm joking. It's not a dirty play. It's a basketball play. It's happened to all of us who have played ball throughout our lives. If sometimes you just step on a guy's foot, and it sucks, and it sucks. That there's no way to prevent that. There's nothing you can wear. There's nothing you can do. It's just part of the game. It happens to everybody. Uh, it sucks that it happened right there because Maxi was on pace for another career night, and I really liked Tyrese Maxi in this game before he went out. Obviously, I really liked what he was doing. Um, and again, for me. With Tyrese Maxey in this game, it was the confidence. And it was the it was the comfortability on the offensive side of the ball, handling the ball, running the offense, having the 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 confidence and knowing I am him. I am him. I am not a sidekick. I am not a second option, especially with James Harden out. I am not a second option. Me and Joel Embiid are 1A and 1B. I am him. That's what Tyrese Maxey was showing me in this game from the jump. Coming around screens and not kind of looking around like, okay, should I shoot it? Should I pass it back to Joel? Should I? You, you can clearly see in those couple games this season, a lot of times last year, especially in the playoffs, unsure, uncertainty. He's had a couple games so far this season where he looked absolutely sure of himself and he looked absolutely sure of himself in this game and he was on a freaking roll before he stepped on Javon Carter's foot and went out of the game uh for the rest of the game and that sucks and uh you know we'll see what the MRI says and hopefully it's not it doesn't keep him out for an extended amount of time but again I thought we were absolutely screwed when that happened I thought we were absolutely screwed um and the team stepped up in in a way that I I didn't see coming. Again, it was Shake Milton stepped up and 
Shake Milton still has a broken three-point jump shot. I don't know what the hell happened to his shot, man. It looks like he pushes it from the side of his shoulder. He kind of shoots like Markel Fultz after he wrecked that motorcycle. He did hit a three in the corner later in the game that was big time. And it doesn't look good, but it went in. But I love that he was doing controlling the ball, getting in the lane, running pick and rolls and pick and pops with Joel Embiid. So I want to say again, kudos to Shake Milton for what he did in this game. He was incredible when we were down and out, when we when we needed a guard, when, when we didn't have a single point guard on the roster left. Can can you call can you call DeAnthony Melton a point guard or DeAndre Milton as the ESPN announcer called him? Can you call him a point guard? I don't think so. He did he did what he could handling the ball uh, when Maxi went out, but I, I really think Shake Milton controlled the game and gave us a couple of huge buckets uh, down the stretch that we really really needed badly. So you know I was happy to see Shake Milton um, do that. Shake Milton had six points in the fourth quarter. Joel Embiid had eight points in the fourth quarter. Shake Milton had six points in the fourth quarter. Those were gigantic six points. Three for four from the field, two rebounds, an assist, a steal, and six points in the fourth quarter for Shake Milton. That's just absolutely huge. Uh, DeAnthony Milton hit a three again. That was the one that Joel swung it to him in the corner off a double team. Joel catches it on the elbow. You see little-ass Drew Holiday, and look, I mean, I say little-ass Drew Holiday. The guy's a tank if I saw him in real life. Like, let's be serious. He's a giant compared to me, but compared to Joel Embiid, he's a little-ass Drew Holiday. The funny thing about when when teams try to double-team Joel Embiid, they, they seem like they don't really have a strategy most of the time. They're just like, all right, just throw another player at him, see what happens. Why would you bring Drew Holiday from the other side of the floor to double Joel Embiid? So Drew Holiday flies at him at the elbow, leaving DeAnthony Melton wide open, and Embiid can make the pass easily because he's like six feet taller than Drew Holiday. He's not six feet taller, but you know what I mean. It looks like he is. Anyway, makes the pass in the corner to DeAnthony Melton for three. Um, Loved it. Another big decision, another big thing in this game that really mattered and really shocked me. I guess it didn't shock me. I'll be shocked if it continues. I'll be shocked if it doesn't revert. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. All right. Another thing in this game was the lineup in the third quarter. The lineup in the third quarter. Let's talk about it. Okay, first of all, the end of the first quarter, Joel Embiid goes out with about two minutes left. Tyrese Maxey comes back in the game. And I was like, Joel's out of the game and Giannis is still in the game. And we started the game with P.J. Tucker guarding Giannis. And it wasn't really working that well. First of all, the first play of the game, the first possession of the game for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Bobby Portis got an offensive rebound and just put it back in the hoop, jumping over everybody. And I was like, great. Here's one of the best rebounding teams in the league against one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. We're absolutely cooked. And we're guarding Giannis with with P.J. Tucker, and I love P.J.'s fight, and I think in the second half, P.J. guarded Giannis a lot better than he did in the first half also. I love P.J.'s fight, but let's be serious. He's almost a foot shorter than Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's about six inches shorter than Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I, I just I don't like the matchup simply because of the height difference. He's good at bodying him. He's good at forcing him off of his spots and making it difficult uh, 
but I don't necessarily love it. If that like that's what we were doing to start the game, and I was like, damn, this is what we're doing to start the game. PJ Tucker's going to guard Giannis the whole game. We're cooked. I think he did a good job on him overall. First half didn't look so good from from just what I was seeing. Now I don't know if the stats say that or not. I didn't look at it like deep enough, but that's just kind of what I feel like I saw watching the first half. The third quarter is where Doc Rivers made the right decisions. And it was the easy decisions, which is what shocks me all the time when he does all the crazy things that he does. It's not that complicated. When Joel went out in the third quarter and Giannis was still in the game, who did he bring in the game? Got it out the mud! B-ball Paul. Paul Reed. And a couple of times, he got foul calls. Uh, some of them were one of those, like, the referees are just like, who the hell is this guy? That's got to be a foul because I don't know who he is. He gets he gets called fouls for literally playing defense sometimes. I hate it. But Paul Reed played an incredible game the minutes that he was on the floor defensively. And again, I can't I can't figure out why it's taking this long to figure that out because we have rebounding issues. We have guarding the rim issues when Joel Embiid's out of the game. So in this game, let's look at the stats. Paul Reed, in 12 minutes of play, gives you six rebounds, a steal, uh, two points, one offensive rebound. And you know uh, he's obviously not one of those guys that 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 shows up in the box score, but you got to really watch the game to see what he does. He played such good defense on Giannis in that third quarter; it changed the entire trajectory tra- trajectory of the game. It changed the entire outcome of the game. The Bucks could have ran away with that game if Doc Rivers would have done what I know he wanted to do, which was play Montrez Harrell against Giannis, or maybe leave PJ Tucker on him, or get real crazy and run George Niang at the five. But he made the right decision. Play the taller, more athletic guy who can maybe stand a chance at guarding Giannis. And he plays Paul Reed in those important minutes on Giannis in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. And it worked. And again, it didn't show up crazy in the box score but he made Giannis's job difficult. And really, once we took Giannis out of the game, the Bucs looked confused. They looked like they didn't know what to do. There was two times late in the game where Giannis chucked up a three-pointer with 17 seconds on the shot clock because he was probably so tired of getting in the lane and being frustrated at not being able to do what he wanted to do. So shout out to Paul Reed, and I have to say shout out to Doc Rivers for making the right decision. Now we'll see if he continues to make the right decision with the backup center rotation. A couple of minutes in this game, yes, I see you guys saying in the chat, a couple of minutes in this game, he had Paul Reed and Montrez Harrell on the floor together. Pretty sure to start that fourth quarter, right? I think all of Montrez's minutes came 
maybe in the end of the third, I don't remember, but I know a lot of them were to start the fourth quarter when Joel was on the beat where he was strategically giving Joel a rest because he knew we're going to need you. We're going to need you. We're going to need you in the fourth. So I don't know if Doc came up with it. I don't know if it was a collective decision. I don't know if somebody actually implemented some analytics. But they ran Montrez and Paul Reed on the floor together in that fourth quarter before Joel Embiid came back in the game. And I, I one of the guys I collab with, man, I don't know if it was Romp or if it was uh, RB or maybe it was RB. I think RB said, no, I think it was Romp. I don't remember who it was. Somebody said they want to see Paul Reed and Embiid play together. I don't know if that's going to happen. But somebody also said to me, we should be running Trez and Paul Reed both on the floor in certain lineups because you get the offensive side of the ball and the offensive rebounding side of the ball from Montrez Harrell, and you get the defense, the the face-up, one-on-one defensive ability of Paul Reed and also the defensive rebounding. And he played both of them at the same time. So that was interesting to me. That's a big, interesting part of this game, actually. And I want to see if that continues. Test me, test me, test me.